Community City or Oh shit. Yeah. What's up, Matthew? Welcome, guys. Are you familiar? Guys, I say guys. Are you familiar Sorry. with the saying um your wish is my command or like like a genie would say when kind you of caress the side no. of the, the fucking lamp? Why, why, okay, why, why was a genie always fucking stuck in a lamp? I don't and know. why the fuck is it called a lamp? Is it really a lamp? Um, yeah, it looks, it looks more like, like a gravy kettle, boat. Right? No, it was like a gravy yeah, yeah. boat. Anyways, oh, okay. I think the phrase that I had in my head was um, ask and ye shall receive because you've been asking for a while now about getting Daryl back on the show and lo and behold, abracadabra. Oh, oh just like a genie. He's emerged. <laughs> it's like the resurrection of Jesus three Hello. days after the cross. Except there's a better booze. Salute. Fuck yeah. Cheers. Dude. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. Salute. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, Daryl. Ooh, that's good. That's real good. Good. I didn't even smoke the glass, but don't need same, to. Uh, yeah. Oh, you you shot that? I did. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. It's it, the way it was presented, huh? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, my mistake. It's all good. It's still good <laughs> though. Keep yeah. your hands where I can see them. Paul, my... <laughs> so you're about to jerk them off. What is it with you and jerking oh. off today? I don't know. It's, I jerked it's off the hotel off vibes, vibes, right? Like... <laughs> but when they say I'm forty year old virgin, so I jerked off all fucking day today. <laughs> I've I've jerked off like three times since I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what. <laughs> I'm spanking her right now. <laughs> To so, make the correlation, ladies and gentlemen, I'm feeling like a jerk off today, so it's a jerk off contest. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Well, you are definitely winning, so congrats. Boom, boom, boom. Well, yeah, fuck yeah. The finish line is right there. One right in the eye for you. Um, I don't know that I have any housekeeping stuff. Um, follow us on Instagram at Mutant City Horror. Email the show, MutantCityHorror at gmail.com. Um, I have a, I have a couple of appointments tomorrow, which is weird to say there's a producer that we've made friends with on Instagram and actually he works for the production company of the director that we're going to be interviewing in a couple weeks. So he wanted to like meet with me. So that's happening tomorrow. And then immediately after that, um, I'm meeting up with, um, the guys from VHS Doom because they need some um I told um I told them that I would help them figure out like their streaming setup. So that'll be cool to like meet them for the first time in anticipation of our um collab that we're gonna be doing with them. That's gonna be fucking awesome. So Absolutely. Um, and that's very nice of you to, to be able to do that. Yeah, I totally. I mean they're cool guys. I wanna make sure that you know they got what they need and they need help. Fucking love their show, man. Love yeah. their show. Have you listened I, I at would, all? No, I haven't. Uh, but I wouldn't request another nerd than you. And that, you're number one. Aww, you thanks, over. <laughs> These guys are dope, though. Yeah, I like their show. Very different. They treat their show like. Um, I don't. Like a, I don't want to say so different. It, it's like it's almost. It, I, here's what I like about it. What they're all about is kind of like covering us on the East Coast versus the West Coast. Oh. They're like the East Coast version of Mutant City Horror? Almost. I mean, come on. Tell me the numbers aren't almost exact. So, EMCH. 
Yeah, there you go. Um, I did I did let them know that um they there's a lot of similarities between our two shows. Even I don't know if you yes, listened sir. to the last their last episode, but even so much so that in our last episode where we covered um Death Game, I talked about Death Wish, the original Charles Bronson one. And in their recent episode, they talked about Death Wish, the original. And I was like, dude, what, what the fuck? What like, are the chances? What, yeah, exactly. Go, what are the gentlemen. Chances? You know what it is? It's just, it's just good taste, you know? It's a complete wraparound, man. We're doing the elephant walk and shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you guys know what the elephant walk is? Is it anything to do with, like, elephantitis? No. Elephantitis of the feet? No. Mm, then no. So you got a you got a row of dudes together, right? This is already Almost like I'm, I'm already out. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are uh, fucking uh, You're familiar with the term uh, nuts to butts, right? I'm, like, I was in the military I'm happy that I don't know. I am familiar walk. with nuts to butts. <laughs> so the elephant walk is when you reach up underneath a, the a dude in front of you and you're grabbing his cock and shit, and the guy behind you is now grabbing your cock, and it's over and over and over it just keeps going down the road that's the elephant walk we're all walking <laughs> grabbing cocks <laughs> is this why you kicked elizabeth out so you can get real gay with us <laughs> so she didn't have to see how gay you can get <laughs> uh too much god i missed you guys Oh, yeah, oh, fuck, so dude. that's about it. Uh, we got um, CreepyCon coming up next weekend. That'll be dope. You and I got to try to connect somehow. Um, I don't know that that interview is going to go down the way that I had hoped, but nonetheless, I'll be in town. So, like, I was kind of hoping we can knock out a couple episodes and kind of get ahead, you know? Because um, this recording on Friday and posting by Monday, um, from an editing perspective, is getting to be a little like crunch time. So, if we can get a few episodes ahead, um, that'd be great. And then I, I know that's what I've been trying to do for sure. I, I, I know at times that haven't been easy and shit like that. And we got to kind of arrange certain days and stuff like that. But um, I do believe that was the intention. Right? When we got to the holiday episode, we were, we were, trying we're like, to yeah, get let's like record like a couple <laughs> of them. And then we got shit face drunk and was like, we couldn't even Ladies finish one. This is not, this is not the first <laughs> time this shit's happened. I, yeah. Okay. I, okay. I can just PG. picture you guys. Let's gang bang a bunch of episodes out real quick. Yeah, dude. We, we, yeah, we've totally been walk there. This dude, to the curb. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. I, I know. For example, uh, another one that would leech us uh, ahead. Uh, when we had uh, Raymond join in, when we did the um, the Christmas episode, right? Yeah, sleigh bells. Yeah, and we we were fucked up, but we were like, you know what? Fuck it, let's do another one. I told you, I, I told my man PG, I'm like, hey, you down? Are you down? Are you serious? He's down. He's like, fuck yeah, I'm down. Right? We found a movie for for New Year's. Oh, that's right. And Paul didn't make. It. <laughs> I think we turned it on, and then I mean, we cleared a bottle of. Jameson. Oh, we were still awake. We were still awake. We're like, all right, you still in? You still in? You're just like faded away huh? yeah yeah hey this is a family man i'm not knocking him you know hard worker right here but yeah, I, I i just thought it was funny because we were all about it 
this is like the, the age old tale and shit when you I, got that, those fucking drugs. I'm that have. Good I idea. That I'm sorry. What was it? I might do that tonight. <laughs> I had an early yeah, shift today. I don't know. <laughs> that shit happens. It was one of those things where, like, as soon like, we were like walking from the kitchen to the living room and we're like, yeah, we're so down. We're so down. And then as soon as I sat down, I like crashed out. Oh, man. <laughs> Best idea ever. What was the name of that movie? It, it was New Year's Day. Was it? Something like that. It mm. was like New Year's something. I don't know. It, it, it was some Irish or Scottish film. I don't know. No, I remember it, it, it being like 50s vibes. Like, uh, no, 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 no. It had color. It was within the 80s. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I don't know. You're right. I mean, what do I remember? I passed out two seconds after sitting on the Dude, couch. honestly, I don't remember shit that happened in the goddamn movie. So, I mean, we weren't far behind you, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, some of our best, some of the best, funnest episodes we've had were when we were shit-faced drunk, right? We were just talking about Thanksgiving, because that was the last, like, one of the last times Daryl was on. That was the first time I was on, and... Man, that, that yeah, was, that was his first. And, and you I know, wasn't three I, sheets; I was that. seven sheets out <laughs> to the wind. That was good times. Things you know we got fucking. I, I actually re- I gave that episode a re-listen, and goddamn, Daryl, <laughs> you, you know it, it was like it was like you put a supercharger on top of our drunkness. <laughs> <laughs> we I, had a good uh, fucking time. It yeah. was a good fucking moment. No, it was fantastic. You know? But I was I was telling him I was like I'm a little embarrassed on that because I I re-listened it obviously and and it in two parts. So I listened to the first half and everything was cool. And I was like, yeah, this this is how everything was. I remember it. And then I listened to the second half like a day or two later, and it's like, what the fuck happened to me? <laughs> I was like, it was that much whiskey. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. We railed it, man. That, that that was totally awesome. It was a good. It was a good time. I really enjoyed it. That one things was also dope, right? Things. That's got- where I got extra. I got Daryl fucked up on that one. Mm, on things? It's- no, Daryl was yeah. with us on things. Daryl, oh, yeah, it was just me and you. It was things. No, no, no. I got Daryl. I got Daryl fucked up on that thing. Where? Oh, I, I see you. you your fucked upness would reach Daryl level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I reached, yes. reached that tier, man. Yes, Come, coming through the headphones. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I was listening to the end of it, and where we were arguing about the rating system and whether we should be awarding sandwiches or dippy birds. <laughs> Yes. And I was so adamant about the dippy birds, but then in the re-listen, I was like, sandwiches would have been like the way to do it, man. We should have did. There sandwiches. were so many sandwiches in that movie. Why the fuck not? <laughs> yeah. you know? Ah, yeah. fuck it. You know, we dropped that system. Whatever. Hey, you speaking know? of, you look over the fireplace mantle over there. Uh, it's a dippy bird, <laughs> dude. And and dude, again, see, this is where this is this is where the splinter cell of fucking Mutant City horror comes in, man. This guy has been backing us since the beginning. Uh, and the we're so grateful number to one have fan. him on here. Yes, yeah, Daryl is number fucking one. Fucking amazing. Yes. So, dude, like, like having you on this show is like. It's it's second rate to the birth of Jesus Christ. Um. <laughs> You know what? Fuck that. Fuck that's, little baby Jesus. You're on top of that shit. You should have been in the manger. <laughs> yeah, you got you got just holding the glass I'm like just... I'm here. Fucking Paul, Paul and I were just part of the three wise men that came fucking traverse the fucking see I'm using that word right now. Traverse the fucking 
the, the planes and shit to get to you. Well, thank you, fellas. But that's, oh that's my god! Not how I view myself at all. I mean, I know you guys are a lot more. Yeah, into and then here you I are. I'm just happy. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy. Like the here. resurrection. What, what I say in the beginning too. Like it was, it's a resur- resurrection. He's come. He's come for a return. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, now that he's here and we're here, what are we all doing? We're talking about a movie. Yeah, we're talking about a movie, Paul. <laughs> How did you like this movie? <laughs> Are you really going to ask me that question? Yeah. Look, okay, this movie has been, you know, I, I can watch it a thousand times. And uh, every time I see it, I see no reason why I couldn't have liked it. It, it literally, it literally, um, became like one of my instant cult classics of all time like i have a beloved love for this fucking movie when did you watch it originally just out of curiosity like when's the first time you watched maybe age or year something like that well hold on hold on hold on hold on let's do this matt why don't you intro us in and then we can get into the nitty-gritty okay I, I was actually, actually, you know what? I, I brought this. I, I should have brought this up. I was gonna have D- Daryl read the the actual intro aspect, but here Before we go. I, I wasn't prepared. But, I, mean, <laughs> I know. Well, because I was gonna tell Paul, and then Paul was, was gonna prepare you with that stuff, but I forgot to mention it. So here we go. Tonight, the monsters run amok, and we run for that theater where the marquee now reads. Maniac. Maniac. That's lovely. You can lock your doors. But you can't lock the madman out of your mind. out of you a 1970s something oh good film? question i, I actually didn't do any research on this movie. Uh, i i, I, <laughs> I can do I, I can settle for anywhere between the late 70s to the early 80s on this one okay i am i'm just going off memory i don't remember oh and it's 1980 okay i'm in the ballpark but like when in 80 82. Because I mean, it was no. I mean, it's 1980. I was just looking for like a release date. Oh, 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 I thought, I thought you meant like when in the 80s. Okay, yeah, yeah. See, I don't, I don't know precisely. It's January 25th. March 6th, 1981 is technically the release date. 
Okay. Anyways, and, but it's still and, and, it's still like seventies adjacent. You know, we talked about that with your birthday, right? right? You yes. were born at the end of seventy nine. Happy birthday. Belated. Thank you. It was only <laughs> it was only a month and I don't know. But thank oh, you. About a month ago. Yeah, it was a month ago. Close enough. I wanted to mention ago. too, yeah. I, I like I don't wanna like go back too far, but uh, on the last episode that uh death game. Yeah. Um no, you you were you had some opinions about the seventies and yes. the clothing, but honestly the the way you opened up that episode, the the music, I was I was cruising. I was jamming. Dude, that's like, all funky. Matt. That was Matt's idea. That was beautiful. That was totally that was... Matt's idea. <laughs> I'm driving to, to work and I'm just like Daryl's all like why he's like, Why am I touching myself uh, right uh, now? <laughs> dude, I can't I can't just... fucking help myself. This porno music. <laughs> Dude, okay. I, I had to, man. I mean, come on. The music in that movie was just ruthless. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was, totally Woo, that was up there with Suicide Child, man. I still sing that. Suicide shit. Child. <laughs> okay, hey, I'm sorry, uh, I'm for, sorry for the tangents. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and uh, uh, to, to, uh, to answer uh, your, your question there, Daryl, uh, the original time I'd seen this movie is a funny scenario. Um, and it's something that I told uh, PG here that I didn't want to touch too, mon- too much on because uh, we have a plan for it. But uh, there was a remake of this film um, and I thought it was the original. You know, it was called Maniac oh. and it had uh, Elijah Wood. And I was like, okay, you know, like, so I, I checked it out and gee golly, did I fall in love, right? At the time, I had worked in in a gas station somewhere, and uh, a co-worker of mine who was also into film had asked me if I had seen the original. I was like, there's an original? Um, when I learned about it, I found a friend who actually had a DVD copy of it, and I was like, okay, let's check this out. Um, so it, was, it would have been after the remake, which whatever year that came out, I want to say early 2000s, Apparently like 2012, 2013. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. And that's that's going off what what Paul told me from. Yeah, couple and years and ago. honestly, uh, this 2012. Movie became, okay, so this movie at that time became an instant classic for me. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I I just uh, a lot of these movies. Uh, remember, they didn't have a very large um, distribution, right? Like especially something like Maniac, you would still have to have a VHS player to be playing that fucking movie. It wasn't like that shit was just streaming all over the place like it is nowadays, right? Makes sense. I mean, fuck, you got robot finders nowadays. Just find whichever fucking platform you can watch these movies. That's how I rewatch this for this uh, podcast. Um, so I watched it then and still very blown away performance-wise. Uh, it this is a very haunting tale, I like to say. Um, but I won't get too much into it. Uh, what I do want to do is, Daryl, since I have you here, I want you to keep it short and sweet. Why don't you give us the synopsis of this film? Without telling all the scenes and stuff, just give us what your take, how you would pitch this to somebody. In yeah. like one paragraph, I guess. Uh, so the movie is about uh, 
a city being terrorized by a killer. Um, lots of newspaper clippings about a killer on the loose. It's pretty much a serial killer movie and them not knowing what is going on. So maniacs on the loose and who, who knows who's safe. Couldn't have said it better myself. I kind of like that one. Um, then that that was actually a very big object of this film too, right? Like the the the, the background, the uh, the news, the newspapers, the the media about this guy. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because Daryl and I we just went to the screening, so um, that was the first time that Daryl and I have seen that movie ever. I had never seen the original. I've seen the remake with Elijah Wood, and I think I've seen it like once, maybe twice, but I've never seen the original. And I think Daryl was in the same boat. Uh, I'd, actually, I'd never seen either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So so it was new for us. So the original was new for us. And then we went to that that um, screening at um, Shout Out uh, Be Kind Video in Burbank because they hosted the screening, and then they had um, – William Lustig there, who's the director of the original Maniac. So we got to do, he did a and a after and we got pictures and shit. So that was, that was fucking awesome. But somebody had called out or he called it out in, at some point that the newspaper idea was not part of like the original plan. Uh, Joe Spinell, who's, you know, plays uh, Frank in, in Maniac, the main character. It was his idea. And he went around and he paid, he went to some place that like would publish these or create these things for like movies and TV shows. He thought it would be cool or add like a specific element to the movie to have those in there. So um, it was, you know, like a kind of genuine idea of the main character and not so much like a part of the original story plan, if you will. I'm not sure. I, I The way I took it is like he went to a, like a like a novelty store like they, or they make whatever you want. That's kind of like, is a, that what it like was? a joke or a headline type of thing, like newspapers. I'm... And and that's he just went there and ordered a bunch of, oh, yeah, I need this for this movie. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm not going to beat you up on the semantics, but I think at the end of the day, like, it was his idea versus, like, we're going to incorporate this. We want this to be part of the story, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I love that he put in the work for that because it was really cool to see those flashes of the newspaper coming in those those headlines yeah. and i mean it, it speaks for the times also of what was going on in that era i mean obviously it's not recent 100% news, agree. Just yeah what's going on yeah totally um no it, it gives it, it gives uh the idea of the story a lot more depth i mean like any any movie of its time uh, it could be about any kind of fucking serial killer and stuff like that but we got some depth here that that actually uh, sways it in, in a different way, which um, kind of uh, give it, it gives it context. And this movie has a lot of that. I, I'll even say that. Like, honestly, uh, the character, and I'm not going to call him by Frank himself because I know he's got a name, but I like to think of him as the maniac, right? Like, he's separate from the 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 society as we know um 
and and it's based off of his perspective anyways i mean he is a solid maniac i mean where where you get there it's just that um I think where I was going with that was uh, uh, he himself has layers, right? He's a very simple serial killer, but he's got layers. And you get that like right from the beginning, right? Because the movie opens um, with a couple on the beach, just kind of like chilling, snuggling or whatever. And the dude walks away to go get some firewood, which I'm like, it's the beach. Where are you going to find firewood? Broad daylight too. Uh, for yeah, for the most part, yeah. And then he actually well, like found some. I was like, is it not like all wet and soggy from all the moisture at the beach? But you know, maybe firewood in the eighties was different than it is now. A lot drier back then. <laughs> <laughs> but Dry he, season. he comes up on the girl that's like laying in the beach, and and she's like, oh, th- you know, thanks for getting the wood, and then like immediately goes to like murder her, right? Like he. That's where I got wood. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, "I "I got this big fat log. Are you ready? You ready for my hot log?" Hopefully, it wasn't dry. (laughs) He spit on it first. Fuck yeah! As as long as it was as as it was Joe uh, Spinel Spinel sorry. As long as he it was his spit. You know, I, I love the guy. By the way. Fucking, uh, I I learned a lot more about him after even watching that movie and stuff. But it, he is, you know, R.I.P. to him. He died in 1989. Um, he, uh, a very good, very good uh, personality from what I've seen. So yeah, I definitely want to celebrate that. Lustig was just like he had nothing but nice things to say about him. Exactly. I think most I people that, that exactly worked what around I was about him. to say like he had nothing but good things to say about yeah. him. Is yeah. He was uh off camera or off you know, between takes he was he was jovial, he was bright, he was joking, he yeah. you know, he had a sense of humor. Which is crazy because you watch great. this movie and you're like fuck you get the chills, right? So like again, to my point, this movie opens like in the first minute, he's already cutting this woman's throat with a box cutter, right? And then when the boyfriend comes back he fucking strangled him with what I would imagine is like piano wire or whatever. And then he starts to, um, you know, and, that, and then like he wakes up instantly from like, like almost like it's a dream. <laughs> but then like you see where he's living, right? And like it, it does this really cool thing where he pops up and it's all like dark around him, but like it just has the light around his eyes, which I always love that effect when it, people do that. It, it's it's like stage lighting, kind of like like if you go and see a play and stuff, and like yeah. the, the spotlight's kind of focused on the characters themselves and stuff. And I agree with you one hundred percent. I like when movies do that, like because it, it kind of reflects kind of an image, like you're watching like some kind of form of entertainment. This is separating you from the reality that you know. And uh, it's focusing on something, uh, a, a fantasy, you know? Yeah. And, I was just watching um, Training Day, like before you came over a couple of weeks ago. I was watching Training Day and I forgot that there was you a like scene. You like what? <laughs> that Sherman Helmsley. <laughs> uh, it's a different show. He likes but- his shit pushed. <laughs> 
Hey, wasn't that uh, Tuco? Uh, Tuco from Tuco? Bad, Tuco Salamanca? Tuco? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but they did that? it in there too, and so to see it again in here, I was like, I fucking, I love that effect. But he wait, yeah. so he wakes up like he's having like a fucking either. What we just saw was his dream, um, and it didn't really happen, or it did happen, and he's just waking up in a craze because. He's a fucking psychopath and he's waking up sweaty and like he's afraid. So I, I like to think it's the latter because um, throughout the rest of the movie, he, he is just fucking a psychopath. He's a he's a maniac. But we get to see his living conditions and it's dimly lit. He's only got, um, you know, candles lit just everywhere around. There's like not, like static on the TV. There's this weird like. Um, I don't know what do you call it. It's a, it's a portrait of a woman, but it's got a bunch of candles around it. Um, shrine, like altar. it's a, it's a, an altar it or a shrine. shrine. Yes. Yeah, but it's showing him like walking around and like this dude's a big, you know, big dude. I I would imagine he's tall, but he's also like he's got this big fucking gut and long greasy hair and just like they're showing it's just your average show, right? I mean, I mean, he, I he, guess dopey. Here, here, I, I, I. And I just want to bring this up because I think it's kind of why he blends in with society because he's just a big dopey fool. Like he he doesn't you know like he he doesn't stand out in any particular way, right? So I I just wanted to say that. Sorry, go on. I mean, yeah, I guess I'd say lower class type. Like he's not middle by any means. Like if you look at the apartment, he's you know it's, oh, it's like a I one bedroom know. type and a bathroom. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, but yeah, it's you also know, in New York. Status, I mean, true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's pretty expensive in New York for sure. True that, but it just kind of sets up his status of like what what he right. has, what he's going through. Like, I mean, yeah, no, he's just uh, he's like average. He's, he's like uh, everyone here on this podcast right now. We're we're not banking, we're not you know absolutely meeting the marker, but we're kind of where we need to be at. Um, financially yeah average joe in that sense i guess right right because okay so like the movie progresses right he's we're watching him get ready we're seeing he's got like these scars on his chest and like i'm usually i'm usually up for some man boob but like this guy had the worst man boobs man they were gross can i bring this up before i forget there's a meme online Okay, I've seen it. I'm sure you guys have seen memes of the same sort. It's kind of like one of those things where it shows you two pictures and it's all like what he sees, right? And yeah. it's like the girl giving the blowjob and then what she sees, it's like the guy like peeking down or whatever. It looks okay. all stupid. Well, I've seen one using an image from this movie Maniac. All right. <laughs> I'm not gonna get too far ahead, but let's just say there was a part where it's it's all like this is what he sees. It's a beautiful woman. Looks shit. She's having an orgasm and shit. And then what she sees, and it's like him, like fucking hungover, sweating and shit. Uh, <laughs> that's funny because after Daryl and I watched the movie, we were talking about it on the way home, and like. I think we were talking about this part, which is upcoming, right? So, like, he gets ready. He leaves the house. He's walking down the street. And we're introduced to these, like, two 
whores that are working this um the street in front Coors. of this hotel. Ladies of the night. Yeah. Street walk. I like how you said that, Daryl. Absolutely. Ladies of the night. Yeah, ladies of the night. Trying to keep it classy here. Hey man, it's the you world's oldest profession. Keep it that way from now on. Yes, fuck yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, fuck that. This is, this, awkward. This is what I bring to the table. The so, so he takes this chick into the. Okay, so, so I want to talk about this interaction a little bit because the one lady of the night, who's a little bit older, is talking to the younger lady of the night. Girl of the night. You can just say whore. Okay, the old horse yeah, talking Paul, to the young they're horse. They're fucking whores, man. What swayed you the opposite direction? Come on, they're just fucking whores. And she's talking, the older whore is talking about how her last John wanted the ultimate. But like his version of the ultimate was laughable you know, or something like that. And I was like, what is the ultimate? By the way, she said $100. Well, okay, so then, the so then so then the maniac shows but, up but, and the young one's like, hey. In the 70s, come on. Well, what was $100? must have been a quite a bit, man. Like I was like, God damn, you're an expensive whore. <laughs> well, she started off, it was 25 for regular. 50 for French and regular. And I was like, is that anal? What is French? I probably, probably. Okay. Seventy-five. She would take him around the universe, and then a hundred was ultimate. But they still never said what the ultimate was, and I, I, I kind of want to know. I'm a little intrigued. Yeah, I remember thinking that too. You do, Brown. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. All right, I'm gonna take a wild crack at this. I could be completely wrong. I think ultimate means anything goes. take you around the world. Well, or everything goes. Don't forget the ultimate. Yeah. That much you're going much for that? I don't know. I think we need to find a girl from uh, a, a lady sorry, of a, the a, night. A lady of the night from <laughs> 1981 ish, and ask her. They're not hookers, goddamn it! They call them escorts. No, it's just the date that you pay for. That reminds me of. Uh, have you guys seen Rat Race? Oh yeah. <laughs> Matt, have you seen no. Rat Race? Oh my god, dude! There's this yes, I, okay, all right, all right. I did, I did. It was just a fucking. I've seen it's a mad, mad, it's mad, mad, mad race. Yeah, you remember the rich, the rich people playing Monopoly with real money and shit. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about the part where they were in a hotel room, and the one dude was like negotiating with the hooker, and he was like, "Okay, so I want us to sit in a the hot Jewish tub, dude, right? Uh, it was sit, the Jewish dude. Uh, sure." He was like, I want no, us to no, sit in a hot was... Sorry. I'm trying to think of his name. I, I know who... Fuck. He's always on that comedy roast and shit. He... The critic. The guy that does the voice of the critic. John uh, Lovitz? You remember that? Yes. No, not him. It was, it was him and his family. No. He's, he's in the movie, that... but it's not the scene that... That oh, scene okay. I'm talking about is not him. All right. That's so this, guy's, All right. this guy's negotiating with the hooker, and he's like, I want us to sit in a hot tub filled with Pepto-Bismol and you clip my toenails while you wear like a sailor hat or some shit. And she's like, mm, $3,000. And he's like, great. And then everybody comes out like, who had 3000 And they're like, oh, Johnson wins because he was at like 2900 or whatever. <laughs> so that's what I imagine is the ultimate is like anything goes. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Hot tub yeah, full of Pepto-Bismol while you clip my toenails. That's what I'm saying. You shit on her face. Oh, it's funny. I I just watched a movie and wondered what it was. I didn't think about shitting or Pepto Bismol. Like, well, I didn't either. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm just saying. You know, like uh, basically, what hundred dollars is giving you is whatever the fuck you want to do at that point. 
Shit, that's like a trip to the gas station uh, today. I'm sure I'm sure killing her was not on the table though. <laughs> well, okay, so let's talk about it, right? So he he checks her into this hotel. They check into this hotel. And I gotta say, when they check into the hotel, it totally reminded me of um another movie called Basket Case, because in Basket Case, um, where the dude was staying at the hotel, this guy kind of looked the same way. And it's just like this big fat greasy guy in this ugly white t-shirt smoking a cigar and i'm like that is what i was talking about i think it was a wife beer too i don't know if it was oh maybe it was a a white shirt but that's what i was kind of alluding to last week when i was talking about the look of the 70s was just so bland and like greasy yeah and maybe it's (laughs) the the place look at joe spinell man i mean I mean, like, New York tends to be a dirty city, anyways. So, like, I don't know. Just let's just hope we don't have any New York. I, th- I think I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just gonna chalk it up to uh, I am not a fan of the '70s era in real life, which is weird because like one of my favorite shows in my background show is that '70s show. So whatever. It's not even a '70s show though. <laughs> it was made in the '90s. Yeah, tomato, tomato. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I actually hear what you're saying there. Uh, I, I see what you mean. Um, it, it was less glossy, less makeup y, more like uh, real, right? Like raw kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you had hair that was uncapped, you had the bell bottoms, shit like that. You know, like uh, people followed a fashion that was pretty much like no other shit when it came to it. It was kind of like that. And and as we said, the transition between the, the 70s and 80s kind of look and shit. Um, even our main star, the guy that played the maniac himself, was a very bushy kind of looking guy, very greasy. He had kind of like bumpiness to his face and stuff that wasn't exactly like, you know, like skincare, like fucking, you know. He was not I, a beautiful I, man is what you're saying. I, but I think he was for his time. Oh, okay. I think he. I'd be honest with you. I think he was a lady killer. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, low hanging. Actually, that's not where I was going. Low hanging but I'll fruit, take dude. It. Low hanging. Ooh, Ooh this man. Are you gonna put like the, the booing audience? <laughs> yeah. Look. You know, honestly, I did not see. I, I didn't see that one coming. I'm not going to take credit for that joke, but that was a good one. It really was. <laughs> You're the one that noticed it, so I'll give it to you, good sir. <laughs> Unintended. All right. So maniacs got the little hooker, young hooker, whatever. Little <laughs> <laughs> <I don't> hooker. <laughs> He's got her in the in the room, and you know they're oh. negotiating the money or whatever, like and. And they start making out on the bed, and I couldn't help but notice that, like, this dude is so. She's like, put that money on top of the dresser. Make sure that I, I know. Yeah, I'm you get the get money out of the first. way first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this dude is fucking huge, and you don't really notice how big he is until actually he actually gets on top of her, because he's like smothering her, but unintentionally. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. It's just he's so fucking big. And they're making out, and you know they're rolling around. And he ends up on top of her. And then out of nowhere, he just pops up and starts choking the shit out of this chick. What are you doing? 
and the look on his face with his eyes bulging out and his hair kind of coming down over his face and he's starting to sweat and like you can see the grip that he has on her throat which isn't strong because she's talking and yelling and screaming it's like you were if if you were getting choked out you wouldn't be making all those noises but it's still like a terrifying scene because of how like you can just see the evil kind of protruding from his eyes and in his actions and it's scary it's a legitimate scary scene for me being choked to death in general pretty damn scary and like watching the act happen is pretty intense uh something i actually i agree with you 100 percent on that by the way well, thank you i'm sorry keep going no uh, well i wouldn't imagine it to be fun well, no, just I mean, it's it's a horror movie, obviously. So watching it is is pretty weird. But also, like you said, that the expression in his face. But then again, like something that we that we talked about on on the drive home from the initial screening, is the the face changing. And mm. again, I don't know if you noticed, but the, the the face of him strangling someone goes from the what'd you call her little lady of the night yeah. or whatever uh, the little hooker whatever junior hooker yeah junior hooker uh <laughs> but it, it changes to somebody else a handful of times and then it goes back to her and then it goes back to the hooker and then back to somebody else and and i don't think you, you said you didn't catch that i didn't and, and i forgot that you brought it up and, and we I have it right in front of us yeah and i wasn't paying attention oh you're right i know i am because he is not strangling the lady of the night. He is strangling whoever the hell is in his crazy head right now. It's the same girl that was in the picture in his apartment. And who do you think that is? We won't bring that up till later. <laughs> we, we can't. Thank we, you, Matt. We can't. <laughs> yes. You're right. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. He... Okay, this guy is a solid maniac. We already know it at this point, right? I mean, sweaty maniac. Okay, it, it takes one thing for somebody to stab somebody to death. That's already gruesome as fuck. You're already a fucking piece of shit, right? This guy, fucking, he chokes her out. Asphyxiation has got to be one of the worst ways to die. I, I just, I, I can't imagine yeah. what it would be like. Or you're, drowning. You're, you're, yeah, kind yeah. of the same thing. Though. Well, that's what I mean. It's yeah. the same thing, right? Your airways are blocked. Fucking like you're gasping for whatever you can. And that's it. That's, it's done and over with. Um, And then it got a little weirder. Because, you know, all right. This guy strangles her to death. And it's like, okay, you know, he, he kind of did this thing. He, he kind of goes and cleans up. Goes to the restroom. Comes back out and stuff. And he starts killing people. Dude, he starts to scalp her. Oh, you went too far. Okay. He starts crying about what he did. Sure. All right. This is what labels him a maniac to me. Like, like this is why he has no name to me. He is simply a maniac. He goes out and he's horrified by what he just did. And it's just like okay dude choose one you fucking killed this bitch and then all of a sudden you're having feelings about it right which are uh, which vanish almost instantaneously because then he just goes immediately to scalping her 
Yeah, well, because, like he's, he's just switching. Thing, he's I'm, not to get into his mentality too much, but like you know, he's like, oh my god, what am I doing? What did I do? Blah blah blah. And then and then he, like you said, he goes instantly starts scalping her because it's now it's a motor function at this point. Right. It's like I already did the deed. Now I got to finish it with my trophy. Right. Like he's got to do what he's got to do. I think you're right, man. I think it's uh. I, I didn't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Why'd you make me do it? Some stuff like yeah, that. He's, yeah. he's kind of muttering it, to himself. It, yeah. it, it was conflicting. And to me right now, that, that makes him a very scary kind of person. Uh, a, a monster that is very truly a, a possibility. Like, you know, uh, these kind of monsters do exist in real life. And you're kind of seeing it firsthand. And it even makes you, makes you feel unsafe just watching it. Because you're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this guy's a creepy fuck, right? And yes, you're right, Paul. He started scalping her. And he doesn't even do it the right way. We watched the reanimator. You're supposed to peel it back by your horn. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Come on. Oh, I got to say, say, though, the scene is dope. You know you what I mean? Took classes. The, oh, oh, yeah. Homeboy's got a yeah. switchblade, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's a switchblade, like, packed behind his fucking ass crack and shit. And he just fucking cuts her head, like head off. Well, part of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think the uh, the way that the the blood, and then the way that when he peels it off, you can see um, the skull. I mean, and probably who did the effects for this movie? Probably worth noting that the effects for this were done by go. the legend Tom Savini, which Tom Savini. Uh, I want to share a fun fact, but I'll share it when we get to. Um, the part of the movie where I think it's applicable to share. But yeah. Right, because we all know that he's been in a thousand of his own fucking movies. No, it, no. I mean. <laughs> I, I do got something to say about that too, by the way. So don't, don't let me forget right, when we get to that part that you're talking about. Okay. So um, that's kind of where we're left off, right? And then we see him come back home. And he's, he's, you know, bringing a bunch of bags with him or whatever. And he gets what back. What does he to- have in his apartment? That fucking is scary as shit. Already. So, so he gets back into the apartment and we get to see a little bit more of the house. And what we see is that he has mannequins all throughout the <sighs> house. <sighs> and they I'm all sorry. have, they all have like, you know, bloody clothes and blood, like blood on their heads. They all have hair. As if you didn't label a maniac enough, the guy comes home to mannequins. So what's in the bags that he brought is a new mannequin. And what he does is he takes... He, he, he already did like it was a body too. <laughs> Remember that? Well, Sorry. yeah. And one of the neighbors saw him too. And they're like, oh, you Christmas shopping? And he's like, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That was it. They're like, man, if that was nowadays, people would be on 911. Like, hey, I think this guy's a creep next door to me. Totally. And they'd be right. They're like, yeah, right. Could, could have stopped it right there and shit. Uh, the guy is a complete fucking lunatic. Yeah, he goes back to his, his house. He's surrounded by mannequins. And he's applying the trophies of people before them, before our first victim that we see in the film uh, to these mannequins. 
he's he's giving them a life, right? Like he's 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 putting the scalps on their heads. He's got names for them, and he's talking to them, and he's dressing them in their clothes, right? Because he has the hooker's shorts. She was wearing these purple shorts, so he puts the shorts on her. Um, he takes the hair off of the mannequin and puts her scalp that he took on her and like he nailed it into the head. Um, and then, um, he starts, you know, reading one of the headlines, um, and then starts to fill a guitar case full of like weapons. What, what kind of weapon? What kind of weapon? Um, I think it was a shotgun, right? Was he a member of El Mariachi's? Ah, uh, that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> that was one of my favorite movies growing up. If you guys haven't seen fucking uh, Desperado and shit, the guy's got a fucking clan of people that follows him. They're all mariachis and they all carry a weapon in there. Mm-hmm. And just like my boy PG is, is showing, okay, this guy is taking apart a double barrel shotgun and he's putting it into some kind of. Uh, Violin case? No, no, no. Like no a it's a guitar case. Standard, standard Desperado, El Mariachi type. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's packing it. But, you know, have you noticed how intricate he was, too? He made sure to clean that shit off. And I thought the best part was that he had a box of Cracker Jack sitting right there, and he was just kind of chewing on those as he was... Uh... Munching on them, yeah, as he was packing <laughs> it away. I did notice that. <laughs> It that, makes oh make... wait, that was when there were Cracker Jacks and not Cracker Jills. Have you guys seen that? Lately? No, they're Cracker Jills. Yeah, what a year or two ago, something like that. There's Cracker Jills coming along. Wow. But but if we go backwards, I know you guys like low budget. So before Desperado, there's El Mariachi. Have you guys checked yes. that one out? Yes, yeah, I do know about yeah, El Mariachi. You should, you should check it out. It's it's worth a watch. All right, it's good stuff. I do believe it. All I remember yeah, from Desperado cool. is. Uh, Quentin Tarantino in the bar betting that he could, or he was telling that joke about somebody pissing in a glass. And the guy dies by a urinal. Go figure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) By Danny Trejo's hand, if I I remember correctly. Was he the bartender? No, Cheech Marin was the bartender. I don't remember. No, Trejo came out later. Uh, he he was some kind of Sicario though. I remember. Yeah, that. it was the knife the knife guy. He was, he was a badass. Dude, yeah. I was watching Heat the other night. That's a good one. I forgot that he was in there too. Trejo. Yeah, he's the guy that gives him up. Dan- Danny Trejo. Okay, I'm gonna say this right now. Danny Trejo has been on more movies than any fucking actor. I don't know, and man. I swear to God, that's on the IMDb. <laughs> the guy is literally the Snoop Dogg of the movie industry. He's got an amazing story. Samuel L. Jackson's fucking got a oh, he's pretty catching long up. He's here. catching up. No, no, but Danny Trejo's been at least in 300 movies. 100%. I don't, I don't know I that it, it I don't know. I don't know that number because I haven't looked it up. So you might be, you could be 100% right. But I it, feel he, he, like no, no, no. Samuel L. Jackson. That's not an exaggeration. That's not an exaggeration. But remember, Danny Trejo hasn't been uh, like the main actor in all these movies. He's we're we're talking uh, cameo shots and stuff like that. Hmm. I'm 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 gonna have to look that up at a certain point. All right, go for it. So the maniac he packs his guitar case. Right, he's on the move. 
He's leaving the apartment and he tells his mannequin friends, I will be right back. And he leaves. Yeah, because as you do to the mannequins on your way out. I mean, Am I right, Daryl? I mean, is that what you do? Yeah, it's it's my stuffed animals, not mannequins. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> stuffed animals, mannequins, imaginary friends. <laughs> or little yeah. Japanese girls from the fucking hentai fucking like cartoons and mm-hmm. shit. Like those little statues that they got and shit. Matt's got it. Matt loves his tentacle porn. I fucking do, man. I jerked it off so many. I saw my dippy bird. Hey, man. I'll be right back. I jerked it off to your dippy bird, too. There you go. That's why I keep it put away. We'll keep this jerk off session going. God damn it. That's why he wasn't nodding yes. He was shaking no. I've never seen him do that before. Totally broken. No, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. Don't refill my No means no. All right, so Maniac pulls up. Um, and he's driving somewhere. We see him get off the freeway. And then we cut to this shot of the outside of a nightclub. And who walks out of that <laughs> nightclub, Matt? Tom Savini. Yeah, it took you long enough. Man, I was going to say sex I, I machine. Want, dude, I, I, dude, sex I, machine. I watched the movie hours ago. <laughs> Look, I, I, I wanted to bring this up, too. Thank you, because you actually... Uh, Thank you. You gave me the, the first piece of my documentation that I wrote down for this film was there was Tom Savini, rapey as fuck. All right, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I love. Hey, I love, so I love can we at least Tom get Savini, there first? Hold on. Let's fuck. let's get there first. All right. So Tom Savini okay. walks out of the club. He's got this blonde chick with him. They get in his car Who's and like they leave. Who's like 13 years old, you know? But go on. So they they pull up to like a park. And they are parked. And no, no, it's not even. It's not even a park. It's like the side of the road somewhere. All right, I'll give you that. There's a lot of side of the roads in in fucking New York and shit. A lot of really empty spaces. It's uh, off a bridge. If I, I think the director correct. talked about that, right? Yeah, like, correct. Yeah, after the right. movie, he off talked about like off off a bridge, and they they had mm-hmm. to film uh, the overpass. Yeah, mm, I don't know. You don't remember? They said they, they used a shotgun. I, I have some audio later. from um, the inter- the Q&A, so I'm going to see if I can pull some of that stuff and like kind of weave it in here. Yeah, that'd be but, perfect. Yeah. yeah. I'll bring that up later. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because, I'll bring uh, that up later background. because I don't think directly you should bring it up here. But I'll bring no, it. I'll, I'll, I'll find it in some spots. But um, so, okay, so they're making out their park beside, you know, under adjacent to a bridge. And they're making out. Uh, they decide to go to the back seat of the car, and you know he lays her down, and he's like rubbing on her, and they're starting to make out. But she sees that someone is leering outside the car. She gets freaked out. She's like, "I, there's someone out there. I'm not into this anymore." How, like, how close is out. this silhouette? No. Uh, it's at the window. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if I'd call it so what at that point. It was like, it was like him. Space. Yeah, it was but that, him. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying she's like, I seen somebody. It's like, bitch, you should have told him I seen somebody right there at the fucking door. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, you know, Savini gets out of the backseat. He's like, oh, whatever, you know, bitches. And he goes to get in the front seat of the car, and she gets in the front. And then by the time they go to turn on the car and open the lights, we see the maniac jump on the hood of the car, 
points a shotgun right at Savini from the other side of the windshield. In slow motion. And blows the fuck out of his face and head. And it just goes everywhere. And that little chick is like covered in blood. I absolutely love this scene, by the way. And yes, he jumps onto the fucking hood and it's in slow motion. Now I got to say, because we talked about this last week, Death Game made me wait 56 minutes for the first kill. We have had four of them in 30 minutes this, with Mania. This is not this a good is what argument I'm talking for about. No, no, hold on. This is not a good argument for the, for you in this film because there are scenes in this film that do the same fucking thing. Okay. Okay. I I don't want to argue with you, but yes, you I mean uh, there are but I don't have to wait in terms of waiting for the first kill. We got two kills in two minutes in the beginning. Of uh, no, time. actually, no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, okay. You got two kills in the very first scene. But remember how long it took him to kill the first prostitute, the first woman of the night. Well, let's average it out. This, this is exactly 30 minutes in to where he kills Savini and this chick. So technically, uh, the couple in the beginning, the hooker, and then these two people, that's five deaths in 30 minutes. That's one death every six minutes. Okay, but it doesn't stay on that little fucking... <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Scale of time just... that you're going with there. But, I got no, the stopwatch okay, going. Okay, we're, okay, we're so... Don't yeah, worry, we're clocking. Even, even, the, even, even the, the woman of the night scene, he took a while to get to it. It, 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 it kind yes. of dragged out a little bit. I see yeah. your point. Okay. Okay. Oh, but it was still good, was it not? It, the, yeah. the payout yeah. is what, what... Same thing. Okay. So, like, yeah. He, he jumps onto the fucking hood, shoots the guy at point-blank range in fucking slow motion, and we see everything. Yeah, it's great. Everything. It's so it's good. Like this, it's like the, the movie Scanners when the head... The head blows up and Ooh, shit. Good pull. Fuck. I agree with you, Matt. It's probably one of the best scenes of the movie. Uh, just the whole thing. Yeah. In Dude, I mean, I jerked it off like fucking three times on that. Nice See, there's more you, jerk offs. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't this jerk is where off this there. is where my fun, <laughs> this is where my fun fact should comes be taking in. a tally. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Matt's like every four minutes. Okay, so this is where the fun fact comes in. The guy on the hood of the car who shoots Tom Savini in the face. Who is it? The, char the character is the maniac, but who is right. the actor? I'm raising my hand. Well, I know Daryl well, knows because he was there. Well, how the fuck am I going to know that and shit? I don't know. Look I didn't look it up. Okay. So there's no way of knowing. I'm sure they got some kind of stuntman to do that shit. Who's who's the best? I don't think Joe Spinelli what was stunt capable man? of doing that kind of maneuver. But what stunt man do you think is in the movie that likes to play around with his own stuff? Okay, so Tom Savini. Tom Savini, Tom Savini shot Tom Savini in the face. Yeah. Which I'm sure he was more than proud to do. And that's why I fucking love the guy. Yeah. Even though he was a dick <laughs> to me in real life. But, you know. He's Tom Savini, so I always love him. So, okay. So beyond that, it was uh, uh, Lustig was talking about how Savini came to be on the project with them. Um, they 
they knew Tom Savini was working on something in like Pennsylvania. So it's like very adjacent to New York and they wanted him for, you know, some of the special effects or whatever. So they, him, I think it was uh, the director and maybe one other person. I don't know if it was Joe himself, but they went down to Pennsylvania and they were like, Hey, would you like to be in this movie? And Savini was like, yes. Right. He said, yes, but, but the, now is this before or after they used him for the effects before, before he was even attached to the project. Oh, okay. They're like, do you want to come, you know, help us with this movie? Because his, his effects probably skyrocketed the movie. 100%. So, I mean, the guy is the, 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 godfather of fucking nasty video yeah nasty yeah totally screen horror so what they end up paying him though for the movie is ridiculous because they didn't pay him any money to be a part of this movie they gave well, him- i mean did it cost any money to make this movie it's funny because they talk about how they <laughs> didn't have any money or they actually do you remember the funding how the the like the initial funding for the movie started uh, no, I, I remember the, them talking about it. I can't remember okay. all the numbers. So Lust- Girl Scout cookies. I don't remember the numbers specifically, but Lustig had some money from some adult films that he had been producing. That's right. Um, Spinell had some money from some other project. So they basically, there was like a group of- That's them right. That just Spinell took, was one of the executives. All, they just took all the money that they had and just put it into this project. But when it came to Tom Savini, they didn't have any money to pay him. So I think I remember them talking about Savini and saying, like, we don't have money to pay him, but, like, he is the most sought after at right now. And we can't pay you a lot right now, but there's other arrangements that we can. Yeah, like on the back end and stuff like yeah. that. And then um, uh, he, Savini. You also got to factor, factor in the, the time frame. Because uh, at that that time, Tom Savini had just kind of come up. He's like the 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 uh, the come up in kind of stage. Well, Actually, exactly know? at the exact same time, he had just broken up with his girlfriend. Savini had just him and his girlfriend had just broken up, so he literally had no place to stay. So what they did was rather than paying him cash, they got him an apartment in New York. So he had a place to stay and work on their project. So it was kind of like, if you put me up, I'll do whatever you need for on I'll this put movie you because Dude. I don't have anywhere else to go because I just broke up with my girlfriend. So it worked out fucking perfectly for them. And he still had the mustache. It's just crazy when the stars align like that, you know, like all the fucking just <laughs> the stars align. Like this guy's a like fucking, he really is. He's a deity of horror films. <laughs> I mean, well, at the time he was probably just like kind of uh, coming, right? sought after. Bless the gods of Savini. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he fucking nailed it from what I saw. That I that mean, shotgun blast. Yeah, that was pretty dope. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the head's double head barrel. Blew apart. Fuck yeah! No, but he only used a single shot, which indicated to me that he was using slugs because he had the one fucking hole straight through the fucking windshield. True. So I'm sorry. Irrelevant details. Yeah. All right. So he's trying to keep up with my buddy PG here. He likes to pay attention to detail. True. Yeah. True that. All right. So he kills both the guy and the girl, and then we find him back in his apartment, and he's like listening to the news on the radio and shit, and he's just like 
zoning out, like just he kind of reminds me of uh, Benicio del Toro when he played um, Doctor Gonzo. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, he I looks. Swear to God, dude, he looks exactly the same. Right? I know. He's got that's the same I'm... haircut. He's got the same <laughs> mustache. I knew you were gonna say that. I did, that's one of your favorite movies in the world, and I knew you were gonna say that because that is a very common look for the seventies and shit like that. But how many two characters look more alike? Yeah, and he right. totally does. Yeah, he totally does. So he's sitting there listening to the radio and they're talking about, or the TV and they're talking about, you know, this maniac that's on the loose and the police are looking after or for him, stuff like that. And, you know, he's just kind of hearing stories about himself and then he finally cuts it off and he, you know, taking off his robe and like, he's just laying there just fucking like big sweaty pig of a man. And, you know, he's getting ready for bed and he starts talking to himself well, what we what it looks like himself, but we know to be he's talking to the you know to his mannequins, to his his trophies, and then he leans it's, over. Yeah, it's totally normal behavior, you know. Like, I mean, come on, you're gonna talk to your fucking mannequins and all your fucking deepest, darkest skeletons are in your head. Yeah, and he's like, right there. Isn't that how it goes? Well, bedtime is the best time. We're gonna <laughs> talk there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Talk to your demons, you know? Yeah, you know what? Like, I can't hate them for that. You're right. Yeah, if you got demons, talk to them. Fuck it. Make friends with them. All right. This guy was a nut. So. <laughs> this guy was a nut. Well, we're just we're just halfway through the book, if that. And we're just getting started. <laughs> so it cuts to the park, and we're watching these kids on these swings, and they want to go ride their bikes. Get the loudest fucking swings ever, those goddamn fucking chains and shit, by the way. Somebody needed to grease those motherfuckers those up. Sorry, real, I just watched it today. Those are real American chains, Again man. Today. Made in the 70s. They don't make them like that anymore. Also, Paul, this is one thing that you like to point out in these movies. This movie had a lot of it, too, is the audio being off. Uh, Yeah, I don't remember. Honestly, I was distracted a lot in the screening. I think Daryl can back me up on this because, like, um, Be Kind Video is a dope store. I love it. And I can see myself going back there just on, like, you know, just to see what's going on in there because they sell VHS and DVD and Blu-ray, shit like that. But it was small in there. And it was hot in there. And I was uncomfortable in the chair. And so, like, I found myself, like, moving around and, like, taking off my hoodie and, like, just trying to get comfortable. So I don't think I paid attention to like the audio quirks. I think I noticed a little bit, nothing crazy, nothing mm. um, super abnormal that I noticed. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. It wasn't abnormal, but it, it's one of these things that uh, we were just talking about in the last movie and stuff where like some of the dialogue was off from what they were saying. Yeah. I, I noticed that a lot in this film too. But I I think it was probably uh, overlooked. And I'm going to say this, not not saying anything bad, but you guys were there with the director or with the people who who, uh, uh, took place in the filming of this movie. So I want to say 
um, in the, the nicest way possible that you guys were kind of blindsided by the flaws. That was uh, different aspects for, for what we were watching, our, our experience, I think. Um, like Paul. Well, yeah, because you, like... you saw it for how it was presented. Right. Um, it, it still followed the same pattern, all those movies in that uh, in those old days. Because let's face it, Maniac is not a household item. It never was. And it actually falls in the same exploitation films as we did with the other one. Right, it actually was a movie that was uh, put out there in the grindhouse. Uh, um, it fell in the time where people were taking, like, young men were taking their girlfriends out late at night on a date to go to the drive-in to see uh, a movie that their mom and dad did not think was suitable for people to see. Right, so it fell in, in those times. Where, like, we're going to watch this movie. This is the age of, like, Friday the 13th and stuff like that. And moms were trying to rebel against those kind of movies, slashers and stuff of, of that sort. So, in a way, like, the, the fucking punk mentality there. I do this like this. The, the punk mentality there um, was let's go as gritty and as dark as we possibly can and controversial. And I think this movie kind of fell in those standards and stuff. Uh, 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 not a very well planned out movie, but let's focus on the darkness, the grittiness and the violence and sexual nature of these films. That's very well said and something I didn't really think about, but yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right on that. Yeah. It's a video nasty all the way. Like, it, it didn't even get a DVD release until somebody recognized it and said, oh, I'll put up a million dollars to put this shit on DVD and shit for people to watch because I love it so much. Yeah, and they, But it they, wasn't they, any they of the big, uh, it wasn't like Universal, it wasn't Dimension, it wasn't like Miramax. It, it, was, it, it was just small timers that wanted to see these movies be recognized and shit. And for them, we're thankful because this is where they're at now. And they're now on the digital scale of things. Well, uh, Lustig um, runs a company called Blue Underground, which is um, kind of like a like a vinegar syndrome, if you will, where like they do restorations, 4K restorations. And he talked a lot about, you know, you know, restoring this one and, you know, restoring a lot of other movies. Absolutely. And... It should be restored. I mean, it's a classic. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so they're at so you know these kids are at the park. They're playing. They go off on oh, their bikes right. and they run into him. And oh. while he's like you know looking at this little girl, there's this other woman in the park that's like taking pictures of shit. And she notices this interaction, and she starts taking pictures of him. And he notices her. Talk, him talking to the little girl, and she's taking pictures of right. Her. And so, so say, she she's taking pictures in general. She's kind and, of just there. And let, yeah, let me like, yes. and let me let me clarify things this way. Like he's no kind of guy to interact with uh, small children and all. But the interaction he did have did not feel foreboding. It did not feel like he had some intention or anything like that. Right? He was he was trying to be a normal human being and stuff. And like 
you know, like with, with a, a spit of embrace and concern, like, hey, child, blah, 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 how are you doing? It wasn't more, it wasn't like some creepy fucking guy that says, come back to my car, I'll give you candy, right? Right. Yeah, he wasn't about the kids. It was just like he was walking through the park and it just happened to happen. Um, right. So uh, kids were at the at the park. Parents were not paying attention. Uh, yeah. they, they rode off on their bikes and they almost ran into him. He was like, hey, grab the bike. Uh, pay attention to what you're doing. Your mom's probably not going to like this. Like, be careful. But he noticed at the same time, like Paul said, that someone across the park was taking pictures of him. And mm-hmm. yeah, girl, lady at, at taking photographs at the park just happened to catch that moment, which kind of segued into yeah. later stuff. Yeah, because he like went the over, next act. He went over right? to like, to find her, and when he found was her bag, her name. Her, she had like a tag on it. And had her name and her address on it, so now he knows who she is. Plenty of things to do, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, like leave every bit of information on your property. (laughs) I mean, fuck, they used to write their names on their underwear, so why not? And you're right; these were different times. Used to Calvin Klein. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's your name, right, Calvin? Calvin Klein. It's sewn here on the underwear. I'm Clint Eastwood. What kind oh, of moccasins man. is those? Knee caves. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love those movies, man. Yeah, okay. This is the turning point, by the way, in the movie for me, because now he's taken an interest of this photographer. And I, I don't know what it's about. I don't know it's because she showed interest in him or what, but like he um it was something he pursued. It was a very different. Um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Endeavor for him. Yeah. At this point. So he goes walking. It's later in the night and he's passing this like window shop that's full of mannequins. Right. So obviously that's going to grab his attention. Daryl's got it queued up here on the frame. I, I just wanted to rewatch it because I don't recall it that well uh, so I I wanted to rewatch and I mean he's definitely having some some issues as he's walking through mannequins in the window there's there's stuff happening in his head as he's walking through he's thinking gotta give me some of them mannequins well, okay. or some, I mean I, I have to ask you guys right here and now do you think he's fucking the mannequins I do not. I think he is. I don't think he is, but there's. I think that's more at the at the end of what it is. I, I don't want to say it right now. It's no, no. There, there's a purpose for them. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's just that, but I mean, there. Okay, there's a reason he's giving these mannequins personality, right? Yes. Yeah, and he bases the personalities off of the women that he's scalping. True. So, in his eyes, they are the women that he just took the lives of. Yes. Which are women that kind of got his rocks off a little bit. E- even though he may be aroused, I don't, 
I think it's a it's a deeper thing that ends up happening later. Which is what you're saying is kind of manifesting here in the scene where he's like staring at yes all the mannequins. Which I which which I don't well, remember. That's why I bring it up now. That's why I bring it up now because I just you know. I don't yeah, know. I, I think he's fucking him, but that's just me. I mean, you're jerking off either way, right? <laughs> I didn't jerk off. Oh, fucking so, weirdo! You got limits. <laughs> this is where you draw the line. Oh, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Try to use my own fucking comedy against me. Anyway, I'm good at callbacks. What can I say? So we cut to this hospital, and these two nurses are walking out. Oh, and this is shows. where I start my notes. Okay. Okay. So these two nurses walk out, right? And they're sitting there talking about, like, oh, you know, I got to go home. The other nurse goes, like, I got to go home too. So, oh, be careful for this weird creep going around killing people and shit. This man that they say are going around killing people. Here's my thing. Why has it got to be a guy? Oh, because they don't know? Um, I don't How know. do we know it's not a woman killing people? I don't know. Just a maniac. Well, that's that's my thing. Is uh, since the news, maybe it's because of the else, times. They, like of the times, you wouldn't, I, you wouldn't imagine exactly that a woman would be my right. point here. I mean, like if you put yourself in those perspectives, it's like fuck. A woman can get away with just about anything at this point. Yeah, totally right. That's true, but like also too, like from a profiling perspective, right? Like a lot of these crimes are crimes of like they're they're really violent and. Women aren't usually prone to that level of violence. There's been at least six women serial killers since the filming of this movie. Oh, you're saying they got inspiration from the movie? That no, no, no. What, no what, what I'm saying is that the, the likeliness of it being a man is just as likely that it's a woman doing the killing mm. as well. Yeah, no, true, very true. And I'm going with the times now, man. Aren't we in a in an equal based society nowadays? Well, yeah, this was thirty ish years Matt, ago. Matt, can we verify your pronouns? <laughs> they them. <laughs> he her, it's, whatever the fuck they call them nowadays. It's, 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 I, I I told somebody one time, I was like, next time I fucking I apply for a job, I'm gonna be like, I, I identify as a chair. And they'll be like Huh? Yeah, I'm a yeah. chair. Yeah. I'm an astronaut. I'm a fucking robot. <laughs> you you gotta accept it because mm -hmm. that's the way society says. Sure. Okay, so one of the nurses leaves the brunette, and then the blonde uh, is left to kind of just walk home on her own. So, as she starts to walk, she notices that the maniac is kind of across the street. And he starts to follow her and she starts to kind of, you know, try to lose him, if you will. She goes down the stairwell to the um, subway to the subway and she starts running and she's hoping that she kind of lost him. She's scattering to get, you know, the change out to get through the uh, turnpike. And uh, is that right? Turnpike? Turnstile. Turnstile. Thank you. Yes. That's why I'm here. Turnpike. <laughs> That's why he's here. The New Jersey Turnpike. I mean, like, it's close, New York. 
Not the New and Jersey Turnpike. It's the New York right. Turnstile. I, I know what you're saying, saying right. too, man. I just want We're all on the same level. Okay. So, funny story. They didn't have permission to shoot all of this. And they had hired, like, an officer to kind of be on set with them. Uh, I forget what the parameters were, but, like, um, he, he needed to be there for whatever reason. He sure to uh, shoot a certain amount, but not the whole, I don't uh, not while the, the train was moving or the subway was moving. Yeah, I think yeah that's, what that's it was. correct. So when it came to shooting the part with the actual train involved, they they took the off one of the one of the guys on the set took the officer to dinner as a way of saying thank you for being on set with us and while they were gone they gorilla shot this fucking scene with the uh with the subway and then when it was over um by the time they were coming back from the dinner they were done with the shot and they were coming back up the stairs so like they just got it done like in the nick of time i thought that was kind of cool that's what directors do you, you, you got to figure do. it out, make it work, man. What needs to be done? Yeah, hundred percent. No, no, because uh, because there's there's movies that I know of before that that did the same thing and shit like that, like where they're illegally filming in a location, and then like the people that belong in that location come in, they're like, "What the fuck are you doing? Ah, just give me one more hour. Just give me one more hour. Yeah, <laughs> but we're good. We're good. That's the gorilla style of filmmaking. That's why we do this show right here, right now. It's that low-budget fucking gorilla lifestyle. I'd say in general, this is a pretty good scene. Uh, the overall subway stuff uh, was uh, pretty good and uh, intense. Yeah, I like it because of the intensity, right? That's. Uh, I think somebody at the at the Q and A had asked, like, "What's your favorite tool for building suspense?" And his his answer was silence. Love that too. Yeah, just just it's just. I've this. always said that. I've always yeah. said that in these movies, dude. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so here we are, where this nurse fucking ran into a bathroom. Fuck All right. She lost him chasing her, and she's hiding in a bathroom stall. So it's like she's trying to be as, as quiet as possible, but he ends up kind of figuring out. Um, where she might be so it's a scene here's one of those things i'm going to call you out on me i have to tell you right now yes why okay talk about drawn out right okay you're talking about drawn out scenes and shit that shouldn't last as long as they should you're saying right? this went on too long all right oh, hold on hold on i'm gonna date it back to what was it called the uh, rabbit Rabbit, right? We go we go back to Rabbit and, and like the guy comes into his house and stuff like that and you know like it's a scene that's way too long about him trying to find his family and stuff like that. You know, he goes upstairs and stuff like that. It follows his every inch. Okay. This movie did the same thing in the subway. What part in Rabbit? I don't remember. Okay. And let, me, let me compare but I it to this. No, but I understand what you're saying. Right, right, right. She was, she, she, you know, she's looking around every corner, and like, what we anticipated the killer would just show up. He didn't, right, right. It kept going back and forth like that. That's one of those scenes. This is this is why they do these scenes the way they do, because 
everyone thinks they got it figured out and then they're going to catch you for a loop. No, it's not that. No, it's not that. And you're right. The silence does help. That That's one of the things uh, I've learned lately in, in films. Um, you know, it's not the building of the music. It's not the building of the sound. It's the dead silence that makes it scary. Uh, in this situation, same thing. Every corner she turned, everything that she tried to do, he wasn't there, right? And then she went home, right? Life ever after. She didn't even get killed. Uh, no, not at all. Good, good man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right? But it didn't, it's like, God damn, what the fuck? Dude? You guys are taking really long on this shot, right? But you know what? I love what Paul was saying. It's like, it wasn't uh, necessarily like the scene specific, but the question was like, what do you like to use to help build intensity in a horror movie or in a scene and the director says silence and and, and I do appreciate some of that like not just in this scene but like like, it makes sense when you watch other movies I don't know I thought it was a cool answer and and specifically in this case it's kind of a giveaway right because we're only like this girl is new to the movie and to the plot so like Obviously, something is going to happen surrounding her, and she is being chased, and she gets on the subway and off the subway, and she finds herself in the bathroom, and then, you know, she's hiding out, and he comes, and he's, like, you know, kind of standing at the door. He doesn't open the door or whatever. Like, it's it's long, drawn out. I wouldn't use that term, but okay. But it's quiet. It's building suspense, right? It's If you do it right with the right kind of ambiance, you can do it. And then she gets out. She thinks he's left. She thinks that she got away. She's like, oh, my God. She starts, like, even crying a little bit, relieved. And as she's, like, washing her hands in the sink and, like, trying to clean up, that's where he comes up behind her and stabs her through the back and murder. So you can tell murder. <laughs> you can tell murder. because of how long they linger on her <laughs> after the fact that this what scene is not over. Paul? That this scene is not over. You know what I mean? What do you kill her with? I know how upset a bayonet. I only say that because I have one. It looked just like it. I'm going to give this guy credit, man. See, here's another thing that I love the fucking maniac about. He's very fucking original with his, you know, like. That's a, with his kills? Yeah. That's a great point that somebody brought up in the Q&A. Do you remember? I'm, so, I'm sorry, Daryl. You are no no longer the new baby Jesus. It's, no, it's actually fucking. It's the maniac that should have been born. In you know what's funny is I I brought up something <laughs> similar later, not in the Q and A, but I mean similar to Paul. Uh, I mean similar in conversation to Paul later. It was a 
movie's not over, but guy never he never makes the same style of kill every time throughout the movie. Yeah. It, it's something I was going to bring up later. It's just it's it's different and that's not like that's not your average serial killer, you know. Well, exactly. That's not that's not a serial killer that is a maniac. Like he's just a, a guy who's artistic with his kills. Yep. Rather than a, a man who just wants to kill. I, I I don't to be honest with you, I think personally he doesn't know that. He in his own mind he just figures he has to kill, but I think he just fucking kills to do what he does, but they're just stylish kills every fucking time. Yeah, you're right. Um, just when you watch a movie, it's fun to watch him kind of figure that out himself in his head as he's processing it. Yeah, he, almost like an opportunistic uh, kind of serial killer. The director, Lustig, said when he was asked about that, that what they were trying to do was like model each kill after serial killers that had kind of come before him, but in real life. So like, you know, there's like a, Charles. so the first one was like Ted Bundy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like the they, shot to the face was probably like Richard Ramirez. Um, he, sorry, he, I know serious. I mean, different timelines. <laughs> like, yeah, the, but it would, yeah, I thought that was amazing. He did reference those serial colors. Well, be, and, and what they were trying those, to. All those people were maniacs too. Like they, they were. They yeah. were just insane, like fucking unhinged kind of people. Yeah, that's the type of movie they're trying to put together, and I think it was a good job. Okay, so now we cut to the main, the maniac showing up at the photographer's house to find her um you know in this kick-ass apartment surrounded by all these photos and of all these models uh, of all these women and yeah fuck you guys <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not knocking on the doors with the maniac got it got it got it and like, excuse me, miss, I found you, uh, I, I saw you were in the park and you took a photo of me. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, she let me cut never, in real questions. Hold How on. did you find let me? Let me cut like, in. Those of you that don't know about this historic period in time, there was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There is no smartphones. So what you do is you just go and knock, knocking on random doors and shit, and well, he, it's okay to walk into people's apartments like it's the normal thing to do and shit. I didn't meet you on Tinder. I just came knocking on the door, and you were like, "Ah, oh, yeah, come right in. Come see everything. Come see my he, whole." He found life. the address. Uh, Paul mentioned earlier that. Uh, <laughs> shit, for, no, no, I, I, I have I, no I, idea. I know he had the address, but for her perspective, like how to? You she know, was just like, like "Oh, come, stuff. come right in." Yeah, exactly. That, That's that what I'm probably, saying. Like, perfect stranger. She kind of opened the door, like, "Hey, who the hell?" Oh yeah, I would expect that from like the male guy, or like you know maybe like the tech, the the tech guy of the building or whatever. But like, oh yeah, yeah, I you know just 
I'm here. Show me everything. Show Not me just come right in. Uh, do you want a drink? Uh, here's yeah, greasy guy that looks like fucking Hunter S. Thompson's attorney and shit. Just come here's my bar. bar. <laughs> here's my food. Here's my photos. Whatever you need. Yeah, this is my family. Oh yeah, who are you again? Like Jesus Christ. You know what? I'm sorry. This lady had it coming. The moment she answered that door. She uh she seemed a little smitten though. I mean she was interested in what he was well, presenting. And I think what he was presenting is one of the best parts of the movie because everything we saw before of him being different, uh I mean we'll just say literally the maniac. What we saw mm-hmm. him presented to her was a complete person. Uh, uh, so cleaned up, so hairbrush, suit, tie, kind of, you know? Yeah. Handsome, dashing. He he spoke well. It, and it wasn't, he wasn't being creepy at all. It was, it was just, it was something like, oh yeah, hey, I saw you passion in the park and I know she's taking pictures. Let me... I'm just curious, what what do you have going on? And I I don't know. He he might have even born like a like an ascot. Oh yeah, whatever mm-hmm. the hell that he, is. He, he was he was he was wearing a tie, a suit, and stuff. And and this is another thing. Yeah, I I know this is what you're pointing out is that he he played a different role for her. I'm gonna go ahead and say this. It was because he truly had feelings for her. So he he felt like he can make something happen with this girl. Right. So he got all cleaned up. He got all ready and stuff. He didn't see her as a potential target. True. But I'm just saying like the dynamic of what we've seen before to what we see now was. Well, that's that's what I mean is like the women before were not love interests. They were just an act of what he had to do. Um, he he's showing this woman here that he wants to date her. He might want a fling with her, and that so he's going to go and act upon that. And uh, he what what you're talking about here is where his charisma comes out. Uh, a dark figure who doesn't have a personality and stuff learns how to have one real quick when he comes to her apartment and stuff and make her feel like he's an official person who believes in the art of photography. And that, that was actually another thing I wanted to bring in my notes is that he explains to her uh, about her artwork, her photography, and he talks about um, uh, capturing it. Yeah, so they get into a good conversation about there's more she, about that right here. She's talking about selling the photographs because he's talking about, do you don't you want to like keep them forever? And she's right. like, why would I do that? I'm a Thanks. I'm a photographer. I, it's on me to sell listen, um, photographs. Listen, how come all your models are women? Oh, it's just something I'm interested in as a woman. In fact, this is my fourth series. It's called Woman Four. Mm-hmm. Not very original, is it? Well, it's not the title that matters that much. No, no. Listen, do you get to uh, keep them all? Well, I'm hoping to sell them. I wouldn't. I, I'd keep them forever. But, but why? I mean, part of my profession is to sell photographs. It's not all for art's sake, you know. I know, but why do you take pictures of women this way? 
like to make them look beautiful. No, I think it's more to preserve them. You see, the beauty is already in the model. Frank, don't be silly. Listen, I'm the photographer, right? Right. So I should know what I'm doing, shouldn't I? I know, but to me, you know, things change. People die. But in a painting or a picture, they're yours forever. There's no way you can possess someone forever. Even in a photograph. There's no way. Well, I was noticing this picture of this old lady here. At one point in her life, she was someone's sister, someone's wife, someone's mother. And when the photographer took a picture, he had her the way he wanted her. She could never leave him. And she couldn't grow old, and she couldn't die. And he's like, that's not what I mean. Like, by keeping them, you get to preserve them uh, in that moment, in that way. Um, forever, you know, and she's like, but that's not who they are forever. And so, like, he he's kind of can can I explain that to to you just a little bit real fast? I have it written out. Like, when explaining the art of photography to the photographer, he starts explaining the immortality is caught through the photo, right? This is an age old thing that comes from like the early days and stuff like that, where people believed that. Uh, that capturing somebody's essence is in uh, either a painting or photography of, of the sort. Hence the story of Dorian Gray, right? The guy who gained immortality uh, when his picture was painted. Um, and then the painting aged and not him. And the, the, he's following that age old story. Uh, capturing the essence through a photo or portrait, much like the tale of Dorian Gray, in this case, beauty and youth. I would like to void all of my uh, pictures and audio voices because I do not want you guys to. No, but it, 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 it was a strong belief back in the days that your soul is captured within the time of the capturing whether it be through photograph whether jokes on you fellas i gave my soul away a long time ago (laughs) yes is that your soul is always in bed no what it means is that you're immortal from there on that that moment in your life is captured i find it very interesting that he brings that up because because in a way in, in a way it's no different than his mannequins correct he he gives his a, a mannequin's life. I think it's directly connected to the mannequin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That that's what I mean. He that's why I want her as doing the same thing that he's doing, except he does it with mannequins and she does it with photographs. But she's not doing it for yes. the same reason he is. So he's trying to like, like why wouldn't you do it for that reason? You know. Because she's he, like, I need to make money like any normal fucking person. Well, here it's this line. It's this, let me let me. But she's yeah, a normal correct. person. He's but it, but it's this line here that I want to talk about. Um, Good job, Paul. Give, give me a second. A, that was a hell of a okay. Description. So so she says, you know, of why when I want to sell them, I'm the photographer. I know what I'm doing with my art, whatever. And he says, I know, but to me. You know, things change. People die. But in a painting or a picture, they're yours forever. So so it's just alluding. I'm I don't know if this is a spoiler it's alert the same or what, thing but I like just said. 
what he's doing is he's preserving the life of his victims in these mannequins. So he's like, that's how I do it with my medium. Why wouldn't you want to do it with your medium? I think he means that in killing these victims and still preserving, giving them life into these mannequins, they're still alive. To him, therefore, yes. yeah, yeah. Therefore, in his killings, he's not doing wrong. He's sparing them from the life that they've been living and bringing him, uh, bringing them into an immortal life that he can preserve it. Now, th this is just my theory. Like, I'm not saying that this is what the movie's about. No, I, I've, I'm I've saying this is my this is my theory of the killer himself. This is what I I believe he's going with. This actually kind of uh, amplifies when we get to the end. But go on. So they have good back and forth, and they decide to go eat, and they're having dinner, and you know he he kind of starts talking about his mom a little bit, and shows her a picture that he carries around with her in his breast pocket. And, um, you know, she's like, Hey, you know, I kind of, I kind of need to get back to work or whatever. Um, so they make plans to see each other, uh, the next night. And so he comes, so they cut to the next scene, which is her taking pictures of these models. And then Frank, uh, sorry, the maniac. That's what I'm going to talk about right now. Again, dragged out fucking scene. I'm not talking about the one that you were talking about in the subway. That one did run a little long. But this is the dragged out scene I was really talking about. Because how long did that goddamn song go on for? And she's sitting there taking shots of all these fucking models and shit. I, I guarantee you it was at least a good seven minutes of the film. Oh, so I can... <laughs> okay. So it's funny. I I agree. Dragged out, and uh, that song. It was like, what the fuck's forever. going on? Can we cut this out now? Like, what the fuck is going on? But, you know what? There's a story behind that that the director mentioned. I don't remember oh, what it was. No, really? No. So there was a direct question from the audience. It was uh, more about the so it was more about the song though, right? About the song, okay. but also no, the song and the scene. No, they, but the, they but, were... but at the screening, somebody had specifically asked the question about the song that's playing during the scene. No, I'm talking about the, the, the scene itself, not just the song. No, I understand. The song followed through with the scene, and the so scene I, just kept going yes, on. Yes, <laughs> Okay. I can't say for everything about the scene, but they, they definitely mentioned that they had some uh, additional financing. For all oh, that's right that said you know what we we will give you this money but you need to pay or you need to play these songs throughout the, the movie the song is product placement the one song that they were playing. no no they wanted more they wanted like the whole they wanted a lot but they only agreed to this one right and that's why right that's what i mean it was that's why it kind of extended song. yeah so so there you go that's why it's so long because they 
were obligated to the people who gave okay, them Paul, money for the you, movie. That didn't bother you. Uh, of all the shit that you've been talking about, some of these movies dragging out scenes too long. That one thing didn't bother you. It was the same shit. They were taking pictures over and over again. The same three bitches in front of a fucking screen. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, didn't. <laughs> you know what? It bothers somebody else in that. In that movie that we watched or in the, uh, in the screen uh, I would uh, dude I would have appreciated Store. four minutes more of a killing scene than just a photos being taken of these bras that had nothing to do with the movie's plot no I get it all. yeah I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just saying I didn't notice it I just want you to and I, understand no, no, I, I want you to remember this moment from here on out when you talking about dragged out bullshit because goddamn because I was like oh, now I know what he's okay. talking about okay all right because <laughs> when I watched it I was like okay this is totally fair this is how this is what Paul's thinking about this is the shit totally fair okay but- I, I put myself in your fucking not not even in your pants i put myself in your underwear good sir but okay but there is there is some like there is some important stuff there is some important stuff that ha- that happens here though because um they're you know they take a break and one of the <sighs> nice sorry i did not mean for that to be in the fucking microphone but... <laughs> sure as you lean really right did. into I, it, I swear to God, I did. <laughs> Touch your head, buddy. But you know what? You got to put that one in the podcast. That damn was that shit strong. I don't know. I get some <laughs> feedback every once in a while that people don't like that. <laughs> oh, my shit gives feedback. All right, it was a good my push, bad. but. <laughs> Anyways, I'll make sure to mute it from now. On. <laughs> Where are the peanuts? So there's an important thing that happens here, which is that when they take a break from the the photo shoot. Um, I don't even know this photographer's name. I forget her name, but she tells one of the models, you got to take off the necklace you're wearing because it's like, it's not catching, like the light is like hitting off of it and it's not coming out good. Take it off. So she took it off and she put it down on a, on a little table or whatever. The maniac sees that that's lingering there. And while they're all distracted with the photo shoot, he walks over and he picks it up and he pockets it. And then we kind of cut to like, okay, the photo shoot is over. The models are going home. And then we see the model who was wearing the necklace walking into her apartment, right? She's unwinding. She's, you know, decompressing and she's stripping, right? She's taking off her clothes. She's getting the, the, the bathtub ready. Okay, and I'm going to say something about that because that was definitely a focal point in watching this. Sorry, sorry, Daryl had to miss this with this pee break or whatever the fuck it was. But listen, she put blue into the goddamn water. (laughs) Did you not notice that? I mean, come on. Like, okay, we have bubble bath products nowadays, but we probably didn't then. So was that dish soap? Did she put dish soap in that goddamn water? No, I'm sure it was like some bubbles. Some it's either that or Clorox, dude. It can't be good, right? It can't be good. Whatever the fuck she put in there. I like how you're just like, she just put blue in the water. Dude, it was blue. It was solid blue. <laughs> you're not wrong. 
And I noticed it when I watched it the first time. I was like, what even is that? It's just like generic, like are you just right? It's like the stuff my dad puts in the pool, so like like shock treatment for the chlorine and shit. That's why I said bleach like chlorine <laughs> and shit. Like, uh, well, you're fucking either gonna die from the mania or you're gonna die from the water that you just like contaminated. Okay, so she's just about to get into the bathtub and then she gets a knock at the door. She goes to the door and it's the maniac and he's like, hey, you left this at the shoot. And she's like, oh my God, thank you. And it's the necklace that he had picked up off the, the table. So he leaves and then she, you know, comes back to the bathroom and she gets into her uh, blue bathtub and we see her kind of just like chilling. She gets out, you know, she's kind of lingering around the house and she walks into the kitchen to make some tea. And when she's walking out, do you remember what happens? Nothing. What are you talking about? He's waiting there for her. Black ski mask. Hold on. He's been watching her while she was in the tub. Well, Yes, I mean, that's what we find out, but like, she dies is what I'm saying. Yes, she does. Murder! I mean, come on, come on. Murder! <laughs> this is a maniac, bro. Of course she fucking dies, man. How does she die? I actually don't remember that. Well, she actually doesn't die. I, I, I know she... Oh, no, she does. She does. No, she doesn't. No, it's it, it, it's well, an off-screen kill. No. He brought her back to, uh, I don't remember if it's his place or or if he stayed there. Hold on, let me think. So he doesn't kill her. He attacks her. He knocks her out. And then it cuts to him in her apartment with her tied up in her bed and him wearing one of her bathrobes. And he's talking to her like he's familiar with her. Like, we were separated, but we're, now we're back together. And, like, I'm There's never going to... There's a bit gonna... of context mixed in with that. Uh, one thing that we didn't explain is that when he was out on his first date with the photographer, he started talking about his mom. Right. About a disheveled relationship with his mom. See... Here's the thing. Even though I had watched the movie and I know what was going on, when I rewatched it here for this podcast and I, I watched that part, that part, I didn't obtain this information, but I realized it when he was talking to her. Uh, he was bringing up his mom. Cor- correct. Um, and this is something that, like, even if you don't know what's going on, you would pick up at this point. Like, it's just because it kind of coincides with what he said before. And what he was telling the photographer at dinner was like, you know, I lost my we lost my mom when I was a young kid. So it's insinuated that she died when he was young. So, you know, depending on how young he was, probably some abandonment issues, you know, some trauma there that my mom is gone. Um, But we don't know how she died. So, you know, um, there's always that underlying like question of like well this guy's a fucking psychopath maniac like did he kill his mom you know um how did she die but he's here and now in this scene with the model talking to her like she is his mother 
saying, hey, we were separated, but now we're back together. And, you know, I knew you'd come back or whatever. And now that you're here, you're, I'm never letting you go. You're never getting away from me, which coincides with what is happening with her because she's tied up on the bed. She's, you know, arms and legs to each post or whatever. And, um, you know, he's he's letting out all his woes and, you know, and as he starts to continue to talk about how, like, you know, I needed you, you were gone, you know, and that hurt me. And, you know, I was I, I needed your help. And now he, that that remorse is turning into anger. And he does what he always does. And he pulls out his knife, you know, and he's kind of talking shit to her. And she's kind of like pleading for her life and eventually he just takes the plunge I'm just going to keep you so you won't go away ever again and he stabs her in the abdomen and she's dying out, and he's laying on top of her, kind of rocking back and forth with this, like, dead look in his eyes. And he's, like, crying out to his mother, or his mother. And he's, like, literally, like, oh, mommy, you know? And, like, he's just losing his shit, which is awesome because we just went from, like, 40 minutes of watching this complete fucking maniac terrorizing the city to him just changing at the fucking snap of a finger and presenting a like a respectable person to this photographer only to go back to being a complete fucking maniac. Hence the definition of a maniac. Oh, a hundred percent. It's a fantastic. person that does not have balance of society and in, in general and stuff just only goes by what he seeks out, whether it's for the, uh, perseverance of his own mother or somebody he wants to you know uh you know in a way it's it's kind of like i'm i'm tired of the mom thing i want to move on i want to have a girlfriend but the mom would not let it go i don't i go on limb there and say it's uh he's a schizophrenic that's what i mean by something that's not well right but not not diagnosed in those times but he's schizophrenic where he thinks he's doing good at some point he's he thinks he's like doing yeah, like i got it point. under control i got it yeah under control. I, I think it's diagnosed at those times but he himself had not been diagnosed okay he was a, a maniac roaming free that, that's why, like, like that was, the schizophrenia has been diagnosed since then. But I mean, oh, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a person that, that was not looked after this whole time because but, but he was but nobody watches own. him. He's he's in this right. weird apartment that nobody checks on him. He's right, he's exactly. Kind of like he just happened and... to have the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, the property. Or the uh, that whatever he he had he had stability financially that seemed to work out for him 
but yeah because even in the beginning when he killed um you know little miss hooker he was like i got money because she was like hey you're on the clock time's ticking and he's like i got money and he pulled out a fat wad of cash and like i can't help but wonder maybe it's the jewish part of me but it's like what does this guy do for a living and where does he get his money from dude i thought the same thing come on a hundred dollars for fucking ultimate come on hey that's none of your business <laughs> you know i mean i guess whatever the man works well, the, the guy what has money to kind of throw around he he actually probably could have taken that money and excelled but he, instead he he lived his normal lifestyle his <laughs> his regular uh, you know He's yeah. he's not homeless. He's not fucking like he's got everything set up for him. He had the fucking suit when he went to go visit his potential girlfriend. That means he had money of some sort, right? So he had a business plan. Okay. So now he's back in the apartment, right? And he's back with his new mannequin and his new trophy and you know, he's talking to the mannequins again and he's talking about some of the rules that his mom, you know, hey, when mom says something, you do it, you know. And um, I, I don't know if it was Daryl or somebody else had pointed out that, like, you know, there's a scene of him putting out his cigarette on the chest of one of the mannequins. I think you brought That's that right. up, right? Yeah, that was me. That's right. That was done. Yeah. Which. Tell us, tell us Daryl. Well, I, I remember what Paul's uh, coming through. But there, there's a, a mannequin. I think there was a mannequin scar you're right of it. yeah you're right but, it was this this very scene you're right but he also if like home. if you go back to the very beginning like he has the same scar of like right around the same part of his chest okay like so i'd like i don't know when i saw it when when paul mentioned at the very beginning of the episode of this episode a bunch of scars on the chest much well, you know whatever chest back uh yeah, was I was kind of thinking it shot. was like a a bullet wound or something, but but then when I saw him doing the cigarette cigarette wound on the on the mannequin, I was like, oh, that's where it came from. That's that's his uh, abuse. That was that same scar, and that mm-hmm. was his abuse. He's he's recreating. Yeah, he he, he was an abusee. Yeah, that, that's right. what I gathered from this too. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. He abused his old. Well, they, they okay. kind of introduced that in the beginning when you see all his scars. That. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whiskey. No, uh, no. Did did we even get there or the last scene when he was with the photographer? Uh no, yeah, we're getting there. there. We're okay. getting there. We're getting there. Because that explains everything. That yeah. explains that okay. exact thing that he's talking about. So, so cut from there. He's picking up the photographer because they were going to go to dinner. And he picks her up and she's thanking him for going to the funeral of the girl that he just killed, which is, again, Maniac 101. You're right. Absolutely. That's why I call him Maniac, not Frank. But um, they are on their way to, um, so he picks her up and he's telling her like, hey, I need to make a stop real quick. And um, they he goes to visit go see my mom's his grave. mom's and grave every I Christmas. See my mom's grave. Would you be there with me? And she says, "Yeah, of course." Yeah, yeah, and and, and bless her heart too for being there to back him. You know, like as crazy as he already seemed, this is what tripped me out. Is like, okay, but you're not seeing these signs. Like the guy's a nut, but she's just like. 
you want to go visit your mom? Yeah, yeah, I'm all on board. I'll go with you. Well, I mean, I'll go what, by what is she myself. Seen? What does she see? This vast fucking graveyard. The only crazy thing that she's seen is this dude showing up on her on her doorstep. Other yeah, than that, that's he's not been crazy at all. Right? Other than that, he's been clean and cordial and respectful and like normal. No, he's unquote, playing normal. a bit though. Like this, she doesn't know she, that. I'm sorry, if she just shows up at your goddamn house out of nowhere and shit like that. Yeah, you know what? I, I agree with Paul. It was it was a weird explanation. He he found her. Dude, address there's in the no park. explanation. He didn't even no, tell her, hey, she didn't I, ask. I'm, I'm, he didn't I, tell her. I'm a valor of ph- photography. Like if he would have said, like, oh, I'm the manager of this like gallery. No, he, he found her address in the park, though. Remember? Like No, that's where he left. found it, but like he just he showed up and was that. like, hey, was like, hey, you were taking pictures of me in the park. And she's like, oh, yeah, come on in. Yeah. So, like, she never asked, like, how did you know where to find me? True. And he never said, I found your address in the park. And that's probably the best part of the movie. Like, she was just like, <laughs> well, oh, that's yeah, what hey, I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what Matt was saying was like, the, yeah, that should if be the her, red flag well, of like, she, hey, yeah, exactly. this guy's a fucking mean. If you were maniac. her, would you be asking these questions? I would be. I'm like, how the fuck do you know about <laughs> who I am, my phone number, where I live? What the fuck? I hate to say, say it, but. That's uh, what I'm saying. The, the, that's what you I'm should, saying. You should probably ask what year is like it? Facebook. That's what I'm saying. This isn't the age of Facebook. This isn't the age of fucking Instagram. I know. We that's had this conversation I mean. already. <laughs> circle, circle, circle jerk. Oh God, I hope not. Come on, Matt. No. All right. The fuck are you talking about? You fucking weirdos jerking <laughs> off in the show. Jesus Christ, who does that? Shit? Elephant walks. <laughs> And circle jerks. All of a sudden, Matt's, all of a sudden, Matt's fucking modest. <laughs> so now we're at where you wanted to be at, Matt. We are in the graveyard. We're in the graveyard. Okay. Yes. You had, um, good job. No, no. You had no, something no, no, for no, no. it. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, let, let's go further into the graveyard aspect. Okay. Oh, um, Holy Ghost. Amen. That's where she noted. Okay, he invites her to the graveyard, and you know she's like, "I'm all on board." You know, I I can see that she's got some kind of tender love for this guy, right? He's a little bit weird, you know, like, but she's gonna make it work. They built a relationship. Be there to support him, and he just starts going fucking nuts, like just like. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot what he said, but he said something weird that was way off color, and she was just like, "Okay, I shouldn't be here anymore." Rita, no, mine forever. What are you talking about, Frank? Rita, no. Frank. Rita, no. This is me. Rita, no. Frank. Frank. Rita, no. <laughs> Um, and he, uh, that's where the chase happens, the graveyard chase, which, by the way, even though it's a loop over and over again of the same scenes, it was intense. I'm not even gonna lie. 
Again, yeah. it dragged on longer than it should, but it was her passing the same three gate gravestones and shit, and him passing the same three gate gravestones. Uh, it dragged on, but it's like an still episode worked. of Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, and where, where, where the bad guy always reveals himself, but in this case, <laughs> the maniac has already revealed himself. Yeah, <laughs> so there's nothing else left. So while he's um, while he's giving chase, like she ends up like hitting him with the shovel, like she fucks up his arm. And it was an intense uh, chase, even though I said it was loop after loop and shit. It was still intense. Right? But but it gets to a point where he's like searching for her because he's starting to lose her in there, and he's hearing his mom's I think voice. It's more him losing his mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He starts to hear his mom's voice in his head, where she's like. You know, telling this him like, I, I have to punish you now. Maniac. Yeah, this is this is where we seen the maniac completely crack. I, I I think the whole movie was him losing himself, right? This is where he completely cracked, yeah. and now he's hearing the voices back. <laughs> Mommy. Mommy. Mommy? Mommy has to punish you. Mommy, Mommy, please don't lock me in the closet. Please, Mommy, I'll be good. Ray? It's his mom's voice, right? Telling him how she's punished him. Yeah, he's been a bad boy. It's time for me to punish you. All that shit. I'm going to put you in the closet, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to go there. Right. Uh, Somehow... In, in between that and the scuffle of him run, running towards that girl that was supposed to be the love of his life that he just treated as another scream girl by the end of it, um, she shoveled him in the arm. Yeah, that was earlier before they started giving chase or whatever. She was trying to get away from him. But he ends up back at her mo- his mom's gravestone. And do you remember what happens when he's like on his knees, like kind of like rocking back and forth, kneeling in front of her, her grave? I just remember that when he was with her on the day and he was saying the Hail Marys and all that shit. He's there at the gravestone and the mom pops out of the grave and she's all like zombie. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very yeah. like Carrie. Zombie mom. Moment. Yeah. Zombie mom comes out. Yeah. Tries to make things right. Yeah. She's like, you don't belong in this world, son. You're fucking hideous. You're a fucking disgusting creature. You're a maniac. I'm gonna try to pull you into hell. He was hovering over the grave, and honestly, I thought that was the best. uh, Like jumps. I know it's not like a jump scare movie, but that was the the most surprising. No, you know what? That was the only jump scare in this movie. And you're right. That that was it. Was so good. That was like when I saw that Mm -hmm. come out. I was like, wow. That was the one thing I was not expecting. Because it hasn't been that type of movie to this point. Yeah. And so for them to introduce it there was awesome. And that was perfect. Yeah. Good job. So he can't find her, right? So he ends up taking off and going back to his apartment. And when he gets back into his apartment, he just kind of runs into the bed and he starts looking around his apartment and he's noticing all the mannequins that he has around him, right? All of them with their fucking just blood all across their face, bloody clothes, like all the the scalps. Why, Why were they bloody, Paul? Well, because they're scalps, right? So they're they're fresh scalps that he would take from his victims and then he staple was them. The scalps or, to the head. 
Well, that's not and, why they're bloody, but they're bloody because... Yes. No, that's that's why. Yeah, yeah. No, it, don't you remember the scenes where he was nailing them and he was talking to them and shit? Like, the blood was just spreading on the, their body. Okay. So, every woman he murdered was on the head of each one. No, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, when you take the scalp off, there is underlying blood underneath the scalp. So, when he puts it on the mannequin, it just drips down. Is it is so it if made I scalp worse? Somebody, there's gonna be no blood. No, I, th- I think you guys are talking about the same thing. We're we're saying <laughs> the same thing. What I'm saying is, there's are not we Paul? Extra are we? blood that comes out because he's putting nails in it. But I love it's just to watch like, you argue. It's making it leak down. There's no argue. Instead of listening um, to the argue, <laughs> I get the question. I'm, I'm sorry. What? So we get life. okay. Shut up, you drunkards. Okay, so it gets to a point where, like, he's starting to feel, like, enclosed by the mannequins to the point where they all come to life. They're all the victims. They're all the women that he has killed coming back to life. And what they do is they're all grabbing weapons from around the apartment, and they are attacking him. They are killing him. They're holding him down. They're cutting off his arm with a machete. They pull they're him apart. A hundred percent. It was fucking awesome. So he, basically, the, the consensus is, is that each one of the victims he murdered in this movie had a piece in this role, and they all cried. This. Yes. Boom. Ripped his head off. Blood and guts a everywhere. Tom Savini, a Tom Savini ending, yes. With a so fucking good. head rip off and shit. Um, the way he knows how to do it with the whole fucking drawn jaw and stuff like that because he remembers from Vietnam and shit like that. That's the way he always labels it as. Like, when you die, like you have like the drawn jaw that goes mm. like leans one way and shit like that. He did all that and head rip off thing interesting beautiful ending well ah. it doesn't really uh end there right because we see him getting ripped apart from this bed are you telling me this movie's not over god damn it <laughs> so it kind Go of on. pans backwards as we're watching all these women kind of rip him apart on the bed fades to black fade fades in from black to you know um the sunrise we see it's the next day and then it's, you know, the inside uh, car shot of these uh, fucking Starsky and Hutch 
showing up uh, to the dude's police apartment. Please, guys. This is a couple of police guys. Yeah. yeah, it's a 70 Starsky and Hutch. My reference was spot He's talking about oh, the, 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 uh, the, the dashboard <laughs> fucking light that rotates over and over again, like the making gun. Yeah, yeah, but like one's a brunette, one's a blonde. You know what I mean? Like this total Starsky and Hutch right It's important to know these fucking detectives that go to the scene, right? Because they only show them for like two seconds. So they bust in and they see Frank, or sorry, they see the maniac laying on the bed, but they're also looking around the apartment too and they're like, they got their what the fuck face on because they've never seen some shit like this. And they approach the maniac thinking that he might be dead because he's laying there with like, you know, just all kind of bloody or whatever. And so they kind of get the idea that like, okay, this dude's dead. This apartment's fucking weird. I don't want to be in here. So they end up walking out presumably to like, I don't know, maybe go call backup or whatever. And then when they leave and close the door behind them, we slow pan over the maniac, zoom in, only to find out he's not dead. Roll credits. Opens his eyes. Yeah. Title card. Title card. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to say this. I think he's dead. It was more high pitch. It was like. (laughs) Okay. So you're saying he was dead? Yes. Like he bled out? The the uh, eyes opening was reaction of his body to... No, sometimes <laughs> bodies do that. No, it's actually true. I know a couple morticians. Bodies do that. They they reopen their eyes and shit. Uh, uh, the thing is, is that he died, but we don't know by what. Did he kill himself? Who knows? In his mind... His arm was taken by the fucking mannequins. They ripped his torso. They fucking took his head off. Okay. I don't know if, if the actions that took place were his own killing. Like, like he killed himself or whatever the case was. He may have thought life was over at this point. What, what can he do? Yeah, I mean, but the, that doesn't the, the necessarily screen, the mean The screen girl got died. away. The screen girl, the screen queen got away. Yeah, and his she mannequins turned on him she, and, you know. Yes, he exactly. reached a breaking point, but I don't mean I don't think that the mannequins are a dead. figment of his own imagination. Am I not right about that? Yes, uh, they're not real. They're not living, but in his mind, they killed him. Right. Okay. I would like to say that. So, who killed him at that point? Why? Was you know, well, then he's dead on the inside, but still alive in real life. There was a lot of blood. Okay. It wasn't me, just from his, his his shovel wood. It doesn't matter if he's alive or dead. It's, doesn't it? No, no. To me, the movie ends there because there's no maniac too. To me, it's just like that happened, and that and now it's over. Uh, and and if you watch the movie and appreciate what's going on, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's alive. Maybe he's dead. But he's the dead. point Here's is, it's, it's over. It's over. All right. He's dead. And Very middle dead. of the road response. I like it. But also a different perspective. So, yeah, I like it too. How do you how do you acknowledge though? I mean, what do you mean? The cops walked in. They walked out. And then... That's what I'm saying. If he was alive, <laughs> do you think they would just leave him in there? Like, oh, fuck it, close the door. 
It well, also yeah, didn't very. They didn't. I mean, if we want to get uh, technical, they didn't really do anything to check to see if yeah. he was dead or alive. They just looked at him and like, eh, he's dead. Oh, uh, hold, 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 so hold, so, hold on. Uh, he's dead. In your mind, in your mind, they didn't proceed with the crime scene investigation. No, they, they didn't just go. Like, oh, you know what? Hey, we didn't see this one. We're just gonna close the door and call the books on it. They didn't go over to him and like take a pulse or like, hey, are you no, alive? You know, you know they, what I mean? They just they looked did. at him. They just looked at him and were like, he's dead. Yes, and and then what did they do? They closed <laughs> the door. You know why? Because they were content. They, they were quarantining. They were quarantining. Uh, whatever. No, keep going. They were no, quarantining the, the, the fucking the, the murder scene. That's what I was saying. They left to go like call backup and shit. Yes, yes. Because they thought he was dead. Because he, he is dead. We'll never know, I guess. I'm sure. I'll tell you 100% he's dead. You know why? Why? No, no maniac too. <laughs> if you're telling me... That a guy with instability of, of this sort just suddenly stopped doing what he's doing. I'm going to say you're full of shit. I have an idea of her movie. So let me ask you this. Had they not made Beetlejuice 2, would Beetlejuice have been dead? He had eaten up by the sandworms. I know, but had they not... If a, if a filmmaker said, I don't want to keep going with And what Tim Burton's making made. it, the guy who made the original. Hold on, so, that's not the point. That's not the point. You got no what argument I, there. You got no argument there. What I'm saying is, as a filmmaker, right? And I and get from meeting William okay, Lustig you, ourselves, okay, I get the impression ask, that he's not... Did you ask the director? Hold on, the point... No, I didn't, but I'm getting okay, to the point, go. which there is the impression go. he gave me was... I am the type of person who doesn't want to keep this going for the sake of cashing out or whatever it is. I made a good thing. I'm going to leave it the way that it is. I think the only person that's right here is Daryl. It's left to you to figure out whether, you know, to determine whether he's dead or not. So in your mind, based on all those things, he's dead. And can Beetlejuice die? I don't I mean, sign off on anything Daryl said he, before. <laughs> Beetlejuice did not get destroyed by the sandworms. It's, I don't, I don't remember what happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't, uh, I don't, he I don't was whatever, still alive at the end. He Check. got his head shrunk by the voodoo guy sitting next to him. <laughs> the, the world was I, waiting for death. All right, bad example. I was actually there. What I'm yeah, saying is a very bad example. Bad example. All right. No, my I bad. was there. I saw him. I saw but him. What I'm, saying, I'm saying is sandworm. just because they didn't make a second one doesn't mean that he is necessarily dead. That's my take okay. on it. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. But that's the thing. That's that's the thing about these movies, right? The Haven't you said that before? He he actually survived this whole fucking thing. Haven't you said that before? That's the good the nice thing about these types of movies and endings is that it's left to the viewer to kind of arrive at their own opinion about what happened. Absolutely. Excellent. <laughs> I said that I said that a thousand times. I think that's you what guys have a good night. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll...